Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Whoa, hi, how you doing? Sorry, I got a really loud beep in my ear. So, welcome to the show. It's April 8th, opening day in Pittsburgh, PA, PNC Park. Man, you want to feel old? PNC Park opened 20 years ago. I was there the first game. As a matter of fact, my, my son and I, we did something really special. We got, we got with some friends, we got rooms at the, uh, what's that hotel? Above the Biome Theater. We, we, we got rooms and spent the night there and then went over to the park the next day. I still have a great picture of all of us with the park in the background before we crossed, crossed the bridge. Um, that was 20 years ago. My God. Okay. I feel old, but speaking of the uh, pirates, man, I got to tell you, um, <laughs> I used to be a season ticket holder. Those days seem long gone. Um, I used to consider it a charity. I, I mean, it was my, it was like a charitable donation I made. So I thought it was important that they stayed here and, Blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, I just I couldn't do it anymore. But so I'm reading the uh, the opinion page of The New York Times today. I'm lying in bed and I'm doing it. And here's what I come upon. It'll take just a few sentences to get to where I'm heading. OK, this is written by Michelle Cottle. Are you a Republican voter irked by the state of American politics? If so, party leaders have some exciting marching orders for you. Dump your Diet Coke, shut off that episode of NCIS or whatever Viacom CBS show you may be watching, cash in your Delta plane tickets, close your Citibank account, flush your Merck meds, and tell your kids not to ship you anything via UPS. And oh, oh yeah. No patronizing Major League Baseball until further notice. Not the Yankees, not the Dodgers, not even the poor Pirates. <laughs> well, I have to say, it's one thing for me to say negative things about it, but I it got my back up. I thought, how dare you? The poor Pirates. Season's barely begun. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what are the what are the Republican faithful supposed to do in terms of sports? I mean, geez, uh, they, I think right they they boycott an NFL because of uh, taking a knee and all that. They've boycotted the NBA for sure because that's like uh, the most woke league. And now it's Major League Baseball. I mean, what do they do if they want to go to a game? I mean, if they're being true blue believers, I don't know. Nonsense. Anyway, 20 years, PNC Park. All right. Uh, Well, go Bucks. That's all I want to say. Um, 
Let's see. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to moan in your in your ear. A uh, little more stuff of. Uh, I never even remember Yahoo Answers. Do you? Yahoo Answers. It was, I guess, like Google started up in 2005, and it's closing down now. I guess because it's it's apparently derided and has been for years and. It's really lousy, but uh, Yahoo Answers um, says here in the business section that it was a site that was seen by some as a a safe place to ask embarrassing questions. Um, And then they actually compile some of the uh, questions. There's uh, there's apparently a podcast that has existed for a long time that just does nothing but look up some of the stupid questions on Yahoo Answers. And I guess when it closes down um, on May 4th, it's going to delete all its archives. So all these great old stupid questions are going to disappear. I always think of anything that was on the Internet as being, you know, forever. And I guess this won't be. I don't know. Anyway, here's a few of the questions. How do I get a haircut similar to Joseph Stalin without showing the girl who cuts my hair a picture of Joseph Stalin? Okay, moving on. How do people on Jeopardy know the answers? Uh, Okay. Why is everything at my grandma's house moist? And having said moist, I remember somewhere reading that it was it was the word that most people said they found like cringifying. Just the sound of it made them like uh, creep out. Moist. I'm sorry if that's you know you're one of those people and I'm just torturing you now. Okay. Uh, let's see if we have any more questions here. Uh, I kissed a guy a year ago. Is his spit still in my mouth? I said that very Green Bay-like. Is my spit still in his mouth? My mouth? Okay. And uh, finally, uh, and then I'll, I'll stop. Uh, did dragons live before, during, or after dinosaurs? Okay. I think in some respects, they couldn't, you couldn't be sure. I think once people started, you know, looking for these stupid questions, you couldn't be sure that some, you know, some person wasn't just planting them there to have, to have fun. Now, let's think of a really stupid thing I can, I mean, it, it could be. But anyway, it's all gone uh, at May 4th. Just a warning in case you're, Speaking of warnings, geez, this highly contagious variant. Um, It says, this is the one out of uh, England. It says 60% more contagious, 67% more deadly. Oh, well, sorry. Didn't mean to ruin your, your morning with that information. But here's a question I had. So why... Why 
if this thing is even more vicious than the original China virus, I'm trying to say it like he always said it, the China virus, then how come we never hear people talking about the English or the Brit virus? Because this is worse. And you don't see it. I mean, why aren't English people being accosted on the streets? <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm just asking. First of all, because they're white folks mostly. And white folks, you know, they get a pass. They get a pass. I'm telling you. Okay. And perhaps even more troubling is the emergence of the even more virulent Brazilian. Could you identify a Brazilian if you saw one? Um, and that's now, like, uh, I guess, spreading all over Canada, just when you think, you know, this thing's over. But it says here the entire, excuse me, Canucks, the Vancouver uh, Canucks, uh, pretty much the whole team has tested positive. Uh, 21 players, four staff members, and you got to figure that that will continue to grow. I'm trying not to put negative things in the show today. So, uh, Kurt says he's got a chart, a chart here. I'm bad at chart reading, so I'm not going to even look at all this. I know Kurt's probably much better at it. He says, if I've counted right, looking at this chart, 11 of the 12 states with the highest infection rates in the country, namely cases per capita, right? 11 of the 12 states have Republican governors. <laughs> oh, tell me why I'm not shocked. And 10 of the 12 states with the lowest infection rates, well, you can finish that sentence, yeah, have Democrats as governors. I'm telling you guys, Republicans kill. They kill. They just kill. So there you have it. So there you go. Big shock. Um, 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 do I want to go there? John Boehner's book, I, which I, you know, I know I've already given you some uh, some of the quotes from that, but I came across just a few more, so I'll, he's very quotable. Um, he's he flat out, you probably already know this. He flat out blames Trump for inciting the the uh, January 6th uh, bloody insurrection, which is what he called it. And he, here's the quote, incited that bloody insurrection for nothing more than selfish reasons, perpetuated by the bullshit he'd been shoveling since he lost a fair election in November. There you go. And then he also says, some of the people involved, he's talking about the congressional and Senate types that were involved. Some of the people involved did not surprise me in the least. The legislative terrorism 
that I had witnessed as speaker had now encouraged actual terrorism. And, you know, when he was speaker, in comes, well, it was the rise of the Tea Party that gave him the speakership and and, be, and began to just sort of essentially uh, capture uh, the Republican Party by these nutcases, whack jobs. That's what he calls them. And uh, and in his book, he he warns that the the GOP must take back control from the faction that has grown now to include everyone from garden variety whack jobs to insurrectionists. So that's how John Boehner, not too long ago, one of the major leaders of the Republican Party, characterizes the Republican Party. Garden variety whack jobs and insurrectionists. Whoa. And you know, I was thinking about this, you know, creep gate. <laughs> asking for a blanket pardon for all of, you know, I just, just beyond belief. Anyway, people like him, the people like, uh, well, you can name a, a whole bunch of them, and they're mostly Republican, but I would bet there's some Democrats that would fit into this mold too. Not as many, nowhere near as many. They are not at all. They ran for office not to get anything done. They ran to become celebrities. They ran to become famous, to get on TV shows, to become a brand, and then to be able to uh, use that to make lots of money. There's a whole bunch of people now who call themselves Congress persons who are were drawn to the profession for no other reason than their own personal aggrandizement. And I say without a doubt more Republicans because Democrats by definition believe in government and you know it, want to do the job that is a legislative job, making laws, addressing problems, dealing with policy. And the Republicans now, they've got no policy. They just stand in this obstreperous uh, defiance of anything that anybody wants to do. They are there only to lower taxes on the rich and to get rich themselves. That's it. And to stay in power. That's it. Yeah. Chuck says, if the 20th anniversary of PNC Park makes you feel old, it's been 42 years since the last time they made an appearance in the World Series. Yeah, I know. That can't be the longest run, though, right? There's other teams who have a longer I mean, it's not like the Pirates haven't been there. Also, on the 20th anniversary of PNC Park, how can you not, for a moment, turn 
your thoughts to Sophie Mansloff. God bless her. People laughed at her when she suggested a new ballpark for the Pirates. Absolutely. Oh, bye. She was just ridiculed. And now home plates, it's nearly exactly where she predicted it would. Sophie. When I saw her, she'd always say to me, how's Max? Meaning Sam. She always called him Max. How's Max? Uh, so the other day, see, who's saying so at the beginning of sentences now? Me, the person who went on a five-hour rant about it. It's hard not to. <laughs> it really is. So earlier in the week, I talked about this despicable con game that Trump, the Trump campaign uh, played uh, fleecing its donors with this, uh, you know, who thought they were making a monthly contribution, but they failed to see that there was an already checked box that said whatever donation they were giving would be taken monthly from their, uh, from their credit card or checking account or with whatever, uh, medium they had used. And, um, the Trump campaign ended up having to refund over, what was it, $112 million, I think it was, I, $122 million from pissed off Trump supporters who ended up see, seeing uh, their bank accounts depleted, uh, their credit limits uh, over overcome. Uh, they got, uh, you know, insufficient fund stuff from their banks. It, 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 so, and then when we talked about that, the, the reality, as I said, is that Republicans were, were still using, they, they didn't back away from it. They're, they're still using it. And today's New York Times has a story about the, if you go to the website for the Republican Congressional Committee, that's the Republican Party group that's raising money for the uh, congressional races, right? Well, guess what? It has, it's, it sends out to donors, um, you know, saying, you know, we need money, we need money, we need money, we need your money, give right here. And they've got that, that pre-check box already. It's already checked for a monthly donation. And it literally says next to the box on the National Republican Congressional Committee's site, if you uncheck in capital letters this box, we will have to tell Trump you're a defector. Now, that I assume is their idea of a joke. <laughs> But if a donor does not proactively uncheck the box, yeah, every month, every month, out it comes. Uh, here's another thing. They, they, they change this all the time. Uh, apparently yesterday it said this on the NR, 
CC, the Republican Congressional Committee website, uh, next to the box. It said, check this box if you want Trump to run again. Uncheck this box if you do not stand with Trump. Um, but here's here's a, a truth I want to throw in here. Uh, if you've ever given me a candidate to act blue, I have, and I will never do it again because it ended up costing me more. I ended up having to give to act blue, and I thought, well, why the hell can't I just why wouldn't I just give directly to a, a specific campaign? Anyway, it says here in this article that uh, Act Blue, which Democratic uh, candidates often use, and some, you know, Democratic groups, also allows, although not everybody uses it, but they do allow this pre-check recurring uh, donation box. Um, and in fact, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee uh, has such a pre-checked box. And you know, you know, it's it's a it's a business now. It's like uh, certain practices yield bigger gains. And when it becomes known that having this pre-checked box actually works, even if you end up having to. Uh, uh, later refund a whole bunch of pissed off people's money, um, they still opt in for it. The Democrats, in this case, Act Blue, and um, the Republicans, largely the Republicans, just want to say. Okay, I came upon something that oh wait 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 i don't want to get into that never mind i'm sorry hello hello it's just a heads up and you know a, a kind of you know pittsburgh proud kind of a heads up uh also new york times uh, front page of the art section um there's a just uh you know huge rave kind of story about a new ballet that for New York City Ballet that is uh, debuting uh, tonight. And it'll be on YouTube and on the City Ballet's website. And it is the newest work of the great choreographer, Kyle Abraham. And um, said he was, it's inspired by his childhood obsession with the Prince film, Under the Cherry Moon. And it quotes him as saying, I used to ask my mom to rent it every time we went to the video store. The video store he went to was here in, in Pittsburgh because Kyle Abraham was born and raised and a proud son of Pittsburgh. And he, um, I think he's got one of those uh, genius uh, grants, um, uh, I think. He's a recipient of it. And he's a, uh, yeah, he started performing with the, uh, I think, what's that called? The uh, Civic Light? No, something like that. And he went to Kappa. Boy, Kappa's got some, you know, impressive uh, graduates, do it not 
So Kyle Abraham, just wanted to say, and if you're a fan, um, his new ballet uh, premieres uh, tonight. Um, he's incredibly in demand. Uh, people want, they commission him to do these things. He's, uh, he goes to London uh, next week to start working with the Royal Ballet on a, on a, on a new piece. So he, he, he is really the rave in choreographic circles. And just pointing that out, if you like bragging about Pittsburghers, okay? And then one more thing, and then I want to get to the, the, the piece I really want to talk about today. Oh, <laughs> uh, bit of the day. Lois. Lois Kirschenbaum. What's amazing is that this is a woman who her entire working life was a switchboard operator. How the hell do you end up getting a big, big New York Times obituary when you spent your life as a switchboard operator? Eh? I'm asking. Well, now... I'll give you a little hint. She died at the age of 88. And 13 years ago on her 75th birthday, Lois was the honoree at a party that was put together by some of the most renowned opera singers in our country, certainly, and this would be internationally, too. So Marilyn Horn, Renee Fleming, James Levine, the then musical director, um, all of them were there and performed for her, the switchboard operator on her 75th birthday. They took, it was a huge event. Levine gave her a ring and an autographed operatic score of La Boheme. Lois Kirstenbaum? I'm telling you. Born in Flatbush? Lived in the East Village in a little rent-controlled apartment all her life? Hmm. Lois Kirstenbaum who, since the 50s, was at every opera performance at Lincoln Center. Well, that was even before Lincoln Center. Even before the Metropolitan Opera was at Lincoln Center. And then when I went to Lincoln Center, you could be sure Lois Kirschenbaum, legally blind, she wore these thick, thick, thick glasses. Legally blind, but would sit up in the highest reaches of the balcony with a huge set of binoculars. And she would get those cheap seats by canvassing the crowd before, just looking for a seat for either free or no money. 
And she almost always scored one. She got in. And when she couldn't find uh, a ticket, by that, by a certain point, everybody there, the cleaning people, the, the ushers, the, the entire staff knew her, so they'd let her in. Lois Kirschenbaum, a nightly staple at the opera. And when the opera was over, Lois was just beginning. Because she would immediately go backstage. Now, normally, you know, you can't. But she managed over decades to so ingratiate herself as the most extraordinarily super fan of all time that she ended up becoming friends with Placido Domingo and Beverly Sills and Renee Fleming and Marilyn Horb and they all knew Lois. And she would come backstage and she'd have this huge like purse that was stuffed with um, mementos, uh, things that she wanted autographed. And I don't know, they, they, it was said at the Met that you really hadn't made it until Lois came to you and made you sign a whole bunch of stuff in her autographs. Everyone knew her. All you had to say was Lois, and everybody knew who you meant. In 1980, um, they held a raffle, the Metropolitan Opera, to, um, to give a seat for Beverly Sills' farewell performance at City Opera, at City Opera. Oh man, did she want that, but it was a raffle. So did a million other people. She put her name in. She won. Lois got the seat. And she said, Beverly saw me after the concert and said, Lois, we fixed it. <laughs> All right. Lois Kirschenbaum, ladies and gentlemen, dead at the age of 88, switchboard operator. She never married. She, no one was aware of any surviving family members. It's not known what will happen to the trove of autographs and programs and photographs left behind in that little rent-controlled apartment in the village. So, here's the thing. I learned two new words today. One, one, and they both start with N. No, they don't. <laughs> I didn't learn two things today. I'm an idiot. One starts with N and one starts with M. They're close, close. 
I, and I won't get into it because I did not understand one word I read. But there's this new, uh, there's a particle, sort of like an electron, but not, and it's called a muon, M-U-O-N. And some physicists think that it is, its very existence shows that we still don't quite understand what the hell's going on. <laughs> that the muon, uh, this tiny subatomic particle, appears to disobey the known laws of physics. Now, those are laws, of course, that, you know, human scientists have determined. But this little, no one told the muon, apparently. And the result, uh, physicists say, is that there are forms of matter or, and energy uh, vital to the evolution of, the, of everything, the cosmos, that are not yet known, not understood, the muon. So anyway, guys, don't ask me because I'm not getting into it, but it's a front page story in the, it, it made my head hurt. I can't, I never took physics. I'm, I'm as science illiterate as they come. So, um, but okay, so that was one thing I'd never heard. The other thing, oh my God, and I wish I never did hear of, God forbid, God forbid, this is also from the New York Times. Have you ever heard the term neo-pronoun? Me either, but now I have, and I can't unforget it. Now, guys, you know, I've, I'm often slow to come to the politically correct uh, position that we're all supposed to have now in this strange new world. And I've been pretty much, you know, sometimes uh, a laggard, it's true, but generally around at some point, I'm digging in my heels on this. I'm telling you right now, digging in. Neo-pronouns, it's a thing. It's a thing. You know, the whole pronoun thing, what are your pronouns? I mean, and, and a lot of people, you know, you get emails <clears throat> from people, and at the bottom it has their name, and it says preferred pronouns, he, his, or uh, they, them, <laughs> which I still have to admit, I I, I don't have a positive reaction to. I, I yearn for the good old days. I mean, it's just sort of like, oh, right already. Jeez, how am I supposed to keep track of all this? I can't even remember people's names. Now I got to remember their preferred pronouns. And if I don't, they'll take offense. They already took offense because I didn't remember their names. Now I don't know the pronoun, too. <clears throat> So anyway, um, uh, a 2019 uh, poll by Pew <laughs> found that 
one in five Americans knew someone who uses non-binary pronouns, you know, like, like they, them, or I don't even understand some of, uh, some of what I see, but yeah, like Z and Zer, you seen that? And then what the, so, and so a neo-pronoun is something beyond that. Now I, you know, I grudgingly come along with the, I mean, I know somebody who um, who had, uh, you would think, I mean, this shows how some, this idea that there's just men and there's just women is obvious craziness because um, I can tell from my own life experience that there are people who clearly are somewhere in between or uh, whatever. And I actually know somebody who was born a woman and her pronouns are still she and her, but she easily could have transitioned to male easily. I mean, just easily in her affect in every way as a little girl, she was, you know, the classic tomboy riding her bike with her shirt off like all the other boys until her mother one day said, you got to put a shirt on now. I'm sorry, but you got to put a shirt on. And she was, it almost killed her. But she had something she had to hide now and that she wasn't one of the boys because she was getting these breasts. She so hated those breasts. She so hated them. And for her adolescent and early adult life, she bound them so that you really couldn't see them. She hated them. And, by the way, I just want to say, this is one of the most wonderful human beings I know. Smart, hardworking, kind. And then she took a big step last year. She, she had her, what's called top surgery. She had those damn things taken off. She is now so happy with her body, a body that she found, I mean, she is so happy, but I'm saying she, she took her breasts off and I said to her, does this mean that now you're not a she? And she said, eh, not really, I don't care. <laughs> and I thought, that's what I love you, I love you, I love you. So I'm not getting into all that. I'm who I am. He, she, they, them. Who gives a shit? Okay, I'm just saying that there are people who are, come in all sizes. Anyway, now we find out there's this thing called neo-pronouns. And I'm just going to read to you from the article that's trying to describe what they are to me. And I couldn't even believe what they were saying. I, I thought, no, no, no. A neo-pronoun is a word that 
is created to serve as a pronoun without, you know, giving any idea of gender. Okay, so somebody can have a pronoun that says, uh, I remain a mystery. You don't know what I am. But there already are these things. That's what that Z is, Z-E or Z-I-R. I don't even know how to pronounce them. Z-Z-R, is that what that is? Okay, so some people in their pronouns will say, I'm Z and Z-R, which is, fuck you, whoever I am, it's none of your business. I guess that's what it means. But here we get to neo-pronouns. Here's another step further. A neo-pronoun, which can also be called an, a noun self-pronoun, takes an existing word and then makes it into a pronoun. So they, you can't believe this. So, so your pronouns could be kitten. No, instead of her, you're doing kitten. My preferred pronouns are kitten and kitten self, or bun and bun self, or vamp and vamp self. Yeah. Now you think, okay, this has to be very marginal right now. And please, somebody stomp it out before it starts to spread. Because things have spread that you thought never would. And it asks the question, how prevalent are these uh, neo-pronouns? And they say, not very prevalent yet. Uh, and then in other parts of the article, there is such, I mean, guys, I can't. I can't. It says here, many neo-pronoun users are dead serious and are also part of online communities that are quick to react swiftly to offenses. Oh, oh I'm really shocked to hear that. One can only imagine how you have to tiptoe around those folks. I am so sick of people taking offense constantly, assuming the worst motivations on the part of people like me who are generally just clueless or old, okay? God. I'm old school. I can't help it. I'm trying real hard. But this is this is going too far, kitten self. That's just too effing far. I still remember my, I, it, I think she would have been a seventh grade, seventh grade English teacher with a wondrous name of Kittabel, Kittabel O'Donnell. And she looked like olive oil from the Popeye cartoons. She's this real skinny uh, woman with her hair pulled back in a bun. Kittabel O'Donnell. I remember the day that she was teaching pronouns. And man, if Kittabel didn't do something that has stuck with me my entire life, obviously, because here I am telling you. 
she stood up at the head of the class and with her arms, I mean, looking like a cheerleader, I'm remembering her going, I, you, and she's changing sides, you know, I, you, he, she, it, and then got, and then she got, and she got faster and faster until it sounded like, I, you, he, she, it, I, you, he, she, it, and of course, the class started to lose it. Not because of the cheerleading, but because she was inadvertently saying shit. I, you, he, shit. I, you, he, shit. Kittabelle O'Donnell. It was that simple back in the day in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So pardon me if I... Did I is there a caller there? If there is, come on in. Hello. 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 Um, oh, I, I love the pronoun thing. Well, no, I don't. I hate it, but... um. <laughs> I, I'm okay with it. I'll call anybody they want, but just like, yeah, what they want. Give, give, give me some time, and if I screw it up, don't like get all shitty with me. But anyway, um, something interesting is my my wife is doing Duolingo. Um, she's trying to get back into French, and and one of the things, and I took French in high school, and and and, there, and our hardest thing is what's masculine and feminine. And I just think, yeah. well, I think that's, I just think that's politically incorrect. I think they shouldn't have that. Right. <laughs> I la, la, un, uh, it's like, oh, come on. And, you know, get with, get, get real 21st century French people, you know. Right. And I who decides know. if a chair is a, is female or male? I, I mean, I I, it's nuts. I At know, least English but, doesn't do that. I know. But anyway, hey, one thing I'm doing is I'm listening to um, podcasts with Obama and Springsteen. Have you talked about that yes, at all? Yes, yes, yes. No, I haven't, but I, I, I did listen a bit. Oh I told you, I have trouble. I'm sorry. I have trouble with Obama's sibilant S's. I'm sorry. Is what? <laughs> Is what? What did you say? <laughs> I said his sibilant S's. He whistles when he does an S. <laughs> well, that's just his condition, I, I guess. I can't take it. No, I can't. I never could. It's the one I kept it to myself all through the presidency. <laughs> I never said a fucking word. <laughs> and I tried to listen to the first one, but he was doing it. He was whistling, and I thought, I am so sorry. I can't. Every time he says Bruce, it whistles. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't pick up on that. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Well, you know what? Maybe he's because it's not constant. It is not a constant. But I just it it to me is chalk on a blackboard. I can't do it. Oh uh, well, because I, I just think like especially Springsteen, what they're saying. I guess mm -hmm. I really identify with it because even though, like, I guess Springsteen was probably a decade before me because I became a teenager in the 70s. But I experienced a lot of that stuff. Like you said, you know, you grew up in a redneck town and then mm -hmm. you go to mm -hmm. school and you're going to school with integrated. I mean, all this applies to me, you know, like, you know. Yeah. And, and, and dealing with race rights, I mean, we had a lot 
problems that, you know, it, it's, it was really interesting. And I'm only until like yeah. the first 30 minutes of it. And I think he really nailed it. And I think they're good together. I will pay attention to the whistling. I, I feel no, don't, like, don't, I don't, don't, don't. And I'm so sorry. Don't, don't. I mean, it's, yeah. it's an affliction I have. Don't do it because I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're wonderful. I really like them both. Despite, I mean, they are yeah. flawed individuals, but that's being human too. So, okay. Yeah. Well, okay, uh, Roger. Thank you. Right. Bye. Bye. Later. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Oh, God. Hey, Margaret says, uh, I, whoops. I think I have another caller, but Margaret says she donated to Stacey Abrams' campaign and got hit with that monthly payment thing. So you didn't uncheck the box. Okay, so there's a warning. Stacey Abrams is using that. Is there a caller there? Hello? Hey, yes, there's a caller here. I meant to come in as uh, Barack Obama, but... Uh... <laughs> can you whistle your asses? I can't, I can't you do can't. the whistles. I can't do the whistles, no. But do you hear the, do you hear I, I've the never, whistles? I've, I've never heard the whistle. Never what? heard the whistle. Yes, what is, I, I'm starting to feel like I'm losing my mind. Okay. <laughs> well, at least he wasn't whistling Dixie. That would have been a real problem. <laughs> now, the, um, the, uh, that's not why I called, but I listened to the whole series. And, it, and, if, and if you could just listen to a couple and get Barrett, over the whistle, uh, they're, yeah, they're extremely, yeah. extremely good. I, I, I was, okay. you know, it's rarely that I promote stuff that I listen to. You know, you know, because I listen to a, a few podcasts, but that I had to. I said, "This, this is uh, extremely good. It's very uh, deep." You know, they just talk about politics. They talk about their lives, their their lives with their fathers, their lives in their communities. You know what I mean? How it led mm. to who they are and what they are and what they did, how they became who they are, what they did, their wives and families. It's great. <laughs> it's up there. If there's an award yeah. for podcasts, they're winning. Well, they probably will. Yeah. Well, there there are. You know, they probably will. So, how long are these podcasts? Is it an hour? About an hour. About an hour. Yeah. Sometimes a little under, sometimes a little over. Yeah. And there's how many? There's. Oh, geez. There's like two months worth, like eight, I think. Something like that. Yeah, I think there's eight. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you know, they throw in music. Like I said, it's well produced. Everything about it is well done. Yeah, so. But I was talking about. Right. I was calling Maybe about, I should just get a transcript. I'm sorry. You I, 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 was thinking, I was thinking that. Because maybe she, I said, you, you could read, you could read relatively <laughs> well, fast. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, just, and I can just see where there's an S. They're have little parentheses with whistle. <laughs> 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 just to get on Lynn's nerves. <laughs> Hers is fun. Lynn calling it. So we're waiting through the transcripts. Uh, this is, as a matter of fact, what's really, what's really interesting about it, you could tell uh, Barack Obama's being extremely honest and open because he doesn't have, you know, when he stops to think, he stalls. That's, that's what that, that uh, slow talking. You oh, know, he thing can that be so slow. Yeah. 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 But yeah, and this, he is. He, he's, he's, he's very, you know. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. But he's not editing himself. <laughs> yeah, he's not editing yeah. himself. That, that's that's, yeah, that's the way great. you can tell he's being honest, extremely honest. Um, but, but I called. That's this, I called not this, why you called. I called to talk about pronouns because yes. I, I have six sisters. I said this before. And two, I always say I have six sisters and a third are lesbians. I have my two lesbian sisters. <laughs> two lesbians, right? <laughs> yeah. And um, one has 
a lesbian daughter and, and a now son, trans. Uh, and, um, what, is, the, the lesbian daughter is now a, a trans? No, no, there's, no, there's a lesbian no, daughter. And, and it, yeah. And that she and, has a trans son. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I have a trans great niece, great nephew, um, who isn't worried about pronouns, but the niece is. <laughs> she, you know, she doesn't care. <laughs> you know, but so you know, going through all of this, I've decided that instead of working on people uh, to change the pronoun game, is to work on the kids who are in their twenties. I still call them kids though. Is that, that so? I came up with this little thing. Just because somebody gives offense, don't mean doesn't mean you have to take it. You know. So here, here, there you go. Good uncle. Yeah, because because um, you're giving yourself more of a headache than is necessary. It's bad enough. <laughs> so you know, because yeah. most people are good people. Don't assume that they're going to be, they're, they're doing it to be spiteful and, oh, I'm not changing my pronoun. Okay, what you do? They just, they just don't know any better. And I said, eventually, because I said it this way, we, we old folks are going to die out and it's going to be a whole new world <laughs> you're living in. <laughs> I said, so why be miserable while you're young? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, there you so, go. Uh, yeah. Are so, you getting anywhere? Are you oh, getting yeah, anywhere yeah. with that yeah. like? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, I'm, I tell people, I'm the cool uncle. I have a brother, but he's not, you know, so they, they know I have good intentions with them because I always did. Um, they're going to say about like the they. When, when people say they, uh, you know, when I go by they, and I also have a niece who's non-binary, a great niece who's non-binary. And she, she, she likes to go by. Well, listen, no, wait, non-binary is, is, uh, it means uh, either, either or, right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that the, yeah. Married, married. Well, well, let me tell you about my. Uh, well, isn't that the same as queer? I can't keep track of this. I have no idea. I yeah, I have, I have no idea. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah. But uh, um, she's married, or he, you know, they are married. Okay, and thank you. The, the, they uh, are married. They're married. To and, a what? Uh, to a, to a, male. a uh, to a male. Who oh, identifies as a male. As okay. a male, exactly. Yes. And my trans nephew, great nephew, is married to a male. And they were dating when she was a she, when he was a she. You know, since high school and they got married. You know. And he's cool. The husband the, the husband's cool because he loves him. Didn't matter what. Yeah. <laughs> he identified as. <laughs> so this is what's interesting about the conversation because I could be saying he, you know, the whole time, but I know if I if I did, people might think gay. You know, so I have to like jump back and forth before trans and he and she. You know what I mean? So they can oh. see what so they can see what's going on while I'm telling the story. You know, but with with him, I just call him him. He's not my nephew. Blah blah blah. You know, <laughs> so. Uh, well, God bless him. God yeah. bless him for making <laughs> the, life a little easier. Yeah, this, this this real quick, the they thing. I can re- remember, and it still happens that I'm referred to as a they, a they caricaturist. You know, they are what? always they're talking about me. But if yeah. they do this, you know, why do they, you know, 
do that when they draw? Why do they? Why I like what they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're talking well, about you know me. What? I think they. <laughs> I think, yeah, they. I, they does. We all can use they in that yeah. in that way. So they mm-hmm. is not as much of a stretch for mm-hmm. for me. I think. I know. But I, man, this Neil Crapola. This, yeah, that, that, that's one of those Neil, things where. A group, of, a group of high kids were right like, oh, dude, you know what we should start doing? That's not going to last because it's not, it's, <laughs> it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't flow. You know what I mean? It's not something that people can catch on to easily. You know what I mean? So that's one of those things where a group of people who were ticked off for some reason just said, here's what we're going to do. You know, and they put it online and they got a lot of attention. They're like, look at this dude. Like, it's like, it's like blowing up, man. We're like trending. Because that's what's going on with that. Yeah, okay. Listen listen, listen, listen to this Uh 13-year-old who gets quoted in this New York Times article. Mm -hmm. Being being neurodivergent. What the fuck? (laughs) I love that. What What is neurodivergent? (laughs) Okay, wait a minute. Being neurodivergent. She's just getting started. Or he, they are just getting started. Being neurodivergent. I mm-hmm. tend to perceive how a word makes me feel rather than just seeing the word. Mm-hmm. And this is a person who uses gum as their, no, I chose my bink, bonk pronouns. Those are her pronouns, bink and bonk. <laughs> because they remind me of clowns. And clowns and harlequin dolls make me very happy. All right, this is from the neurodivergent 13-year-old. And this on TikTok is from some guy who says this. He goes by poke bag. <laughs> he says, he says, bro, neo pronouns are gonna break the English language. That's it. <laughs> yeah, just and now what you did was you you got that that's the uh, that's the uh, reason for doing it. They're just basically they're effing yeah. with people. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think they say in the article that some people are being playful and making fun of it, but others are dead serious, right? Mm-hmm. And and those are the ones who are going to get disappointed. I please, I hope. Now, because this is too complicated. Yeah. Now, now, <laughs> I think it's I don't know perfect if you're going to choose a pronoun, choose gum. <laughs> Choose gum. I hope you got that. I didn't get it. Oh. Chew. You know how you chew gum? Oh, chew. Oh, for... Choose gum. See, that's why you're so that's why you're so ticked off about these pronouns. You're so literal. Oh. <laughs> you, you're... Well, I
Bolton Stark and tag your sister. <laughs> right on right. Okay. Okay. Bye. 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 I, you, he, she, it. Are you, he, she, it. Just saying. Oh, man, our time's up and I didn't get around to all the stuff that was going to supposed to make you mad. Like how there are now a gazillion more billionaires in the country after the pandemic. People got rich while everybody else was like, you know, just trying not to die or dying. But we escaped because the uh, the clock says it's time to go. So uh, thank you guys uh, very much. Uh, yeah, tried to stay away from the most of the political nitty gritty today because I have to do it for my own mental health. I'm sure you understand. All right, guys. Um, see you uh, next Monday because I don't do Fridays, right? Have a great, 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 great long weekend and uh, talk to you Monday. Bye-bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.